What if I told you you could ditch dieting but still meet your weight loss goals? Yes, today is the episode for you if you're ready to stop yo-yo dieting and start realizing that you can actually trust yourself and still meet your goal with intuitive eating. Today we talk with Alicia Carlson and she's a non-diet lifestyle coach and she is going to help us to learn how to trust ourselves and take an inside-out approach to our well-being. Welcome back to the Multi-Passionate Mompreneur Podcast, where we choose to focus our energy, embrace our strengths, and move toward the compelled businesswomen we were meant to be. It's time to free ourselves from the chaos and the constant stream of ideas and build a life of impact and joy that honors our hard stuff, that makes meaning of our losses, and that helps us to make an impact in the world. It's time to finally take our power back and gain the follow-through that we've been desperately needing while also learning to leave the swirl behind. I'm Angel McElhaney, motherless daughter, self-discovery junkie, and not-so-master juggler of my crazy crew. And I believe you can have it all. So put down that to-do list, grab that coffee, and let's get to work, one day at a time, together. Welcome back. In this episode, we are going to talk with Alicia Carlson, and she's going to help us with non-diet lifestyle coaching and how that works with mompreneurs so that we can learn more about intuitive eating. She helps women gain confidence with their bodies to build their lives and businesses with ease and efficiency. She's a mama of two, and she's also a podcaster. Check out her show. Her show is The Strong Her Way, and I am excited for you to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Angel, for having me. I am stoked to be talking about this with you. So I must say, I don't think I got into this on my personal story. I really haven't shared this part, but I feel like I have always, I kind of grew up the oldest of four and my mom was constantly on a diet. I actually, this is going to like broke my heart. I was outside in the garage and I was going through stuff. Like I have this corner where it's like all this stuff that I want to go through. Right. So I'm going through one of her old hat boxes and there's pictures and there's different things that she would throw in there. Like she didn't wear hats. I don't even know why she has this. It's like a photo box, I guess, but it's big round, like a giant hat box. But in there, there was a letter. And in this letter, she's 16 and she is writing it to her friend. It's almost like as if it's over Christmas break And she's talking about how lucky her friend is that she's so skinny. And she was talking about, um, how like her boyfriend, I just remember like this whole idea of, of skinny versus not. And like how she was, she used the word, she was disgusted with her body. And, um, and I will say that like growing up, like we, I remember even being a teenager and like going to Weight Watchers with her for support and like us, it wasn't all negative, obviously, like we would try to do healthy habits, but when it comes to diets, definitely drops under our tongues for that HCG thing. Um, I mean, I've done keto, I've done like uh, paleo, like all the things, even things that are seemingly just eat from the perimeter out of the grocery store, there was always this feeling of abstaining or not and definitely Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm starting a diet or starting on Monday. So I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to hear more about intuitive eating, but definitely first tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you got into all this. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot about your story and your mom's story that really resonates uh, with me personally, but also I think the examples of women that I saw in my life. And I think that it's interesting because as we were kind of chatting a little bit before the interview is that 
we're often, I would say like most of us are kind of operating in the diet mindset without even really realizing it. And that was really kind of, I would say definitely where I fell into it. You know, it was like, okay, I want to um, get healthy or I want to work on my fitness or something like that. But always the underlying cause was there had to be some sort of weight loss or some sort of fat loss or um, numerical value associated with what, you know, like how healthy was I getting or how fit was I getting? And, um, you know, I really struggled with my own body image for sure. Like in middle school and in high school, I think that was really kind of when I started to notice that my body um, maybe wasn't as skinny or as long or as lean as some of my friends. Um, but I, I don't think I really thought too much about it until, um, probably later middle school and then I think in high school and, you know, just kind of always comparing myself to magazines. And at the time it was celebrities, you know, it wasn't Instagram or mm -hmm. um, social media, but it was, you know, celebrities in the magazines or on TV and things like that. And uh, really just always kind of like looking at my body and looking at, you know, where it was bigger than maybe I thought that it quote unquote should be, um, you know, or the cellulite or things like that. Um, and it, it kind of, I think there was always kind of this internal battle, uh, just in that conversation happening inside my head and the comparing, which led to, um, you know, unhealthy behaviors around not only food, um, and the exercise and kind of trying the crash diets or the fad diets. But, um, I think also because I had placed so much of my value and my identity in what I did or didn't look like it led to other unhealthy behaviors, um, you know, other risky behaviors around, um, you know, sex and drinking and drugs and things like that um, as a high schooler. And um, I think that that kind of, I carried some of that into my early twenties, um, you know, partied a lot and I was just trying to feel better, right? Just trying to feel better in my skin. And I met, he's now my husband, we've been married for 13 years together for 17. And um, I remember kind of moving back to where he was. And I actually also did Weight Watchers. And that was really kind of my first, mm -hmm. um, I would say, quote unquote, successful experience with dieting um, in that I lost, I think it was like 12 or 15 pounds. And I felt like, okay, you know, like I'm, I finally kind of have a hold on it. I think back then it was really the Weight Watchers program that was uh, point centered. Mm -hmm. I think they had just kind of started to transition into more of like, you can eat as much of this food as you want, as long as it's like on this special list. Right. Um, which again, you know, is kind of, that's great that you don't have to worry about counting your points or tracking, but, um, it still isn't really teaching you how to listen to your body. Right. It's like, Oh, eat however much you want. Um, as long as it's just these, you know, chosen foods. So anyway, did Weight Watchers, um, had some success there kind of left that I felt like maybe I had outgrown it. Um, I was, you know, constantly getting gym memberships like, okay, I'm going to go this time for real and make it a real deal. Um, you know, trying to kind of do it on my own and then um, ended up kind of stumbling into clean eating and started running. Um, and, I, and I would say that was kind of my gateway into, you know, health and fitness. And it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride since then. Um, you know, I ended up getting down to kind of my lightest weight 
through running and clean eating. Um, and then, you know, there were still lots of issues mentally and emotionally. So, um, so one thing I noticed is even once you get like close to the number or whatever, like you don't, unless you work on the inside, like you still probably don't even see it. Cause I've actually talked to some people and you've probably even seen it too, to where it's like, you'll see old pictures and you'll be like, Whoa, now I think I look amazing there. But then I didn't like, I, I thought that I was fat and you know what I mean? Like you'll, mm -hmm. you'll hear people say like, if only I was as bad as I thought I was there, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's like yes. this. So there is, I definitely see that mental part and that self-worth piece. Mm -hmm. So how can we increase that mindfulness when it comes to being intuitive eating? Because I think this sounds like amazing to everyone, but for people who, um, like I know that, like if you think of yourself, like am I a morning person? Am I a night person? Am I an abstainer or am I like a mediator type of person? Yeah. Like I don't think, I, you know, are you a person that can have like the one little piece of chocolate after dinner or the person that needs to cut it all off? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like how do you go about or learn to be more mindful um, and intuitive? Yeah, so I guess, you know, it was it was kind of a messy journey. So started with the running, went into bodybuilding, which I think really kind of heightened the disordered eating um, and the dieting mentality. And after kind of pulling out of that a little bit, there was definitely the rebound body, right? Where it was like I had gone from this one place to where, like you said, kind of looking back, I see now that there were still things that I didn't like about my body, but looking at pictures, it was like, what were you, like, what honestly did you think that you were going to work on? So definitely you have to start from the inside. You have to start from that mindset. And I think kind of starting there first and really shelving the idea that you need to lose weight or that you should lose weight. Um, it takes a lot of the pressure off, right? Because immediately we're no longer kind of in this rush to get to this um, finish line, so to speak, that we've kind of put in our minds, right? And I think for most of us, on some level, we are attaching some sort of value or some sort of worth to that goal, right? Like, when I reach this goal, I can then be happy. I can then be content. I can then be a better wife or a better mom or, you know, more successful in my business, right? But as long as it is that negative emotion and that negative story that is kind of driving the action and the behavior, then no matter what the goal ends up being, whether you reach it or you surpass it, it's never going to be good enough. So instead, I like to first kind of invite um, my clients to, okay, let's just kind of suspend this idea that we need to lose weight, right? Or that we should lose weight, right? And let's instead start to think about what are just kind of like the actions that we want to take. What are the feelings that we want to start feeling right here and right now? What do you think that, you know, reaching that goal is essentially going to make you feel? And how do we start to cultivate feeling that in our bodies right now? It's, I just want to pause you because you said something really important um, that it really starts with gratitude. It's almost being thankful for your body and what it can do now and maybe even mm -hmm. focusing on what your body can do versus what it looks like or the number, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because I think that's a huge point that a lot of people miss because maybe we focus on the number losing weight, but maybe really what you want to do is be able to run and play with your kids. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Maybe what you really want to do is, you know, be able to 
not feel winded when you go up the steps or, mm -hmm. you know, focusing on those. Is that how we start? Like, or to mm -hmm. like, do you do some sort of practice to where you figure out like where you're at to begin? Cause I know a lot of people at first they'll have like, you know, so if I'm going to start a diet, I'll like weigh myself and measure myself and do all these things. Is there something that we should do to start with intuitive eating? You know, yeah. so like kind of how can we go about like the, okay, I'm going to start. <laughs> I almost said Monday, but we start <laughs> Monday. Like, what do I do? You know, so like, is there, you know, to get it to, to get to where we begin, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So one of my favorite exercises is I truly believe that deep down inside you have a little bit of like internal wisdom about who you want to be or who you feel like, um, you were created to be right. So it's kind of tapping into like, if you could create any version of yourself that you wanted, what, what would that be like? Like, what would it be like to live in that life or to live in that body? You know, how would you feel? What would be the things that you would do during the day? How would you spend your time? Um, how would you feel in your body? How would you feel about your body? Um, you know, getting, I think the more detailed and kind of nitty gritty that you can get with like, okay, what would my routine look like? What would that be like? What would be some of my key habits, right? Those key behaviors that I do every single day. Is that moving my body in some way? Great. Get even more detailed. Okay. Maybe I want to do, I always kind of like dancing. So maybe I'll throw in a dance class, but I also kind of want to start strength training. So it's like the more detailed you can get about crafting that future version of yourself, the more clues essentially you're going to be giving yourself now as to like, okay, what are some of the key behaviors that she engages in? What are the ways that she's thinking about herself? Um, what are the ways that she's feeling about herself? And then from there, you kind of have this whole list of behaviors or habits that you can kind of adopt and change. And then you just get to cherry pick. What's the one thing that maybe seems the, the easiest to sort of tackle right? And then we start working on that one thing at a time. And then once you kind of have some momentum there, we can roll that into that next behavior or that next change that you want to make. I love that. And I love that you are saying that basically you pick one. So start small, small, small wins and that you can build on. And then if you mess up, it's not like you have to, to beat yourself up because this is one day in your whole life. Right. So mm -hmm. it's really like a small thing because you're not giving yourself that deadline like you did before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're on a diet, then there's usually a set and end time or mm -hmm. like, you know, once you meet that goal. So, so and that's where I kind of hate the, I'm, I'm will probably get a lot of flack from some goal setters, but I don't really love the smart goal setting philosophy. Um, I mean, I think it's great, obviously, like to be specific, which that's what we're talking about. Like, can you measure it? Like, did I show up and do this today? Yes or no. Um, but in terms of like the timeline, I think that that is what creates that sense of urgency and that pressure um, that tends to make us feel like we have to do it perfectly all the time, which kind of just keeps us stuck sort of in that. Well, and if, maybe if you do want to measure, maybe you're measuring things that aren't just gravity. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it is that you're measuring like how many push-ups you can do or how, you know, how far you can run or something like that. That's not so tied to the number because yeah. then I think it will mess. It'll change your identity because you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm working to step into this identity of that goes along with that vision of who that person is. And I'm going to start doing the things that that person does 
like your mm -hmm. future self. Yeah. I think you might be nicer to the future self because it's like who you want to be, you know? Yeah. And, so, and you just think about using her as your mentor, you know, I think using her as your guide and chances are, if we all looked into the future version of ourselves, she's not obsessed with her weight. She's not, you know, having these insecurities over her body and really like the only, I mean, you might argue, well, yeah, because she's living in like this perfect body. But again, we have to remember that it starts with what we're choosing to believe and tell ourselves in our mind first. So you can start to cultivate those same feelings before you ever even. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you can work because you're trying to figure out like what habits does she do, you know, so that you can make, you almost can make them important. Mm -hmm. um, so then is there a practice like before someone's going to eat that they need to do in order to increase mindfulness? Before um, yeah. I, I mean, when we're kind of looking at like the intuitive eating philosophy, you know, from the, the ladies that kind of created that or sort of brought that into mainstream, um, there, there, I think is some more pre-work that typically tends to happen, but um, you know, if you're looking for kind of a quick, tangible thing before I'm, before you even change, like what you're eating, it's let's change the approach. Like let's change the how, um, for most of us, we're kind of rushing through the days, especially if you are a multi-passionate mompreneur and you've got your hands kind of in all these different things, like just to, to sit down and have a meal is pretty rare. Like maybe we mm -hmm. get to do that at the end of the day. Um, but it's just slowing down when you're eating, right? So before you even think about, oh, I'm going to cut this out or I'm going to cut that out or, or whatever, it's like, why don't you just get in the habit of consistently slowing down while you're eating? And then that opens the door for you to start to taste your food, first of all. And you might realize like, why am I even eating this? I don't really like it, you know, as much as I thought. Um, because I think for me, like one of those forbidden foods forever was potato chips. It was like, oh my gosh, I just can't even keep them in the house because I'll pile through the whole bag in one sitting. And what's interesting now is I can have them in the house for, I mean, they go stale oftentimes before they, you know, we end up throwing out half a bag or something like that. Um, but, you know, to be able to go back and eat some of them now with a little bit more mindfulness and awareness, I'm like, man, I like, this doesn't even really taste that good or it has kind of a funky taste to it. So I think just giving your the giving yourself the gift of just slowing down, really tasting your food. Um, do you notice the, the subtle change from where all of a sudden, you know, like those first few bites of something always tastes so good. Um, but we've been oftentimes so conditioned to just finish it. But like, do you notice when all of a sudden it doesn't taste as good as the first bite? Like that's kind of your body's subtle way of being like, well, maybe you've had enough of this. Yeah. I remember my mom saying, and I don't know where she learned this, that something she had probably heard on Dr. Oz. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but <laughs> to where like after honestly, like the first three bites of like, for instance, a piece of pie or something, mm -hmm. the like receptors in your brain aren't even firing like at mm -hmm. the same intensity that they were in the first three. So, yeah. um, I know that that was something that she had learned somewhere, but mm -hmm. it's the same concept to where it's like that that slow down to where you can savor it. Like, do you really want it? And with that, we should probably like not being on our phones during mm -hmm. it, like avoid distraction at some off. point. Yes. Yeah. So no, so no multitasking. Really. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think that 
uh, for sure in the beginning, I would go without distractions. Sometimes I find that eating while I'm kind of doing something else, like if I'm up kind of doing something else, it actually slows me down a little bit, right? Because I'm like taking a couple bites and then I'm like going over and, you know, maybe unloading the top shelf of the dishwasher or something like that, you know, so I have to kind of take those pauses. But um, I think that it is a great practice to just be present with the meal and be present with the food. And one way you can create those pauses is by taking a bite and then setting your, your utensil down or taking, you know, grabbing a quick drink of water. Um, and that just kind of interrupts the shoveling mm -hmm. of the food into the mouth. Well, and um, is there any other strategies? Like I know also going back to my mom, like I remember um, she would try to like have smaller plates, like not the giant ones. Do you know what I mean? Because you'll fill a plate or yep. um, like in that mental thing of just, if you have, the food on your plate. Cause I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, like, you don't know, there's starving children somewhere yeah. or like, you know, like you finish yeah. your plate before, you know, before you get up or before, you know, for the dessert or whatever that is. So is, or is there any questions you ask like before you eat, am I thirsty or am I actually, am I bored? Is there anything like that, that we might could slow down once we slow down, to ask herself or before we go into the more, mm -hmm. you know, for seconds or before we, is there anything that you kind of do to ask yourself so that you're sure you're hungry? Yeah. So I think, you know, just to kind of back it up a little bit, I think one of the most important foundational principles of moving away from dieting and diet mentality is to first decide that you're going to be done with it. Right. And that's the first principle that they teach in intuitive eating. So with that, I think it's important to give yourself permission to mess up, to eat more than what you feel like you should. Um, for a lot of us, we've been really conditioned with like counting calories or macros or, you know, all these different things. And so you're probably going to have some of that in the back of your mind for a little while. Um, and so it's just important to, to, I think if you're going to go in on your intuitive eating journey to really decide, like, I'm going to go all in even though it's going to be wildly uncomfortable, right? Because we've been conditioned that we really can't trust ourselves around food unless we're, you know, weighing our food or portioning it out or anything like that. So um, first and foremost, I think, give yourself some grace, give yourself permission to mess up. Second, definitely, like we just talked about, kind of slowing down um, while you are eating so you can really taste your food. Um, but then Angel, like you were asking, I definitely think, you know, having some questions to ask yourself, it's like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how hungry am I? One being not hungry at all, um, or sorry, one being like, I'm extremely hungry, like ravenous, you know, and, and when you get to that point, it really is, um, it's kind of hard to slow yourself down to be mindful, right? Um, 10 would be completely stuffed. So think about a traditional Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> um, so you want to ask yourself, you know, like on this scale, how hungry am I? And the thing here is that everybody's one in 10 is going to be so different. Um, so, you know, I would, I would ask myself, okay, like, I think I want to eat. Am I eating because I'm bored? Am I eating because I'm feeling stressed or am I hungry? And just how hungry am I? Well, and I think this will, after we're increasing our mindfulness, it'll let us know, like, are we buffering our life or are we just, are we eating for fuel? And so I think it could get uncomfortable because we're trying to uncover like kind of our stuff, but I think it's valid to move, you know, a way to move through it. 
instead. And then maybe we'll actually stop yo-yo dieting or like filling, you know, losing the weight and gaining the weight and losing the weight, um, Mm -hmm. on this repeat, um, which I know that so many do I've done it, um, for sure. And then, so in, in conclusion, I guess, because this is nothing that you ever like quit, you know, finish because this is just, you're being healthy, right? Yeah. We're just Um, looking at lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's almost like the weight is a byproduct of just fueling your body with the things that you know that you should do, or this future person, your future, you should do for sure. So I think that you've given us so much goodness and so many things, um, some strategies to practice mindfulness. Is there a way that we can find you? Like, where do you hang out on social media or, um, even about like how to work with you? Yeah. So, um, I guess if you're interested in a little bit more about my philosophy and the way that I work, uh, definitely heading over to my website, aliciacarlson.com is going to be a great place where you can find podcast episodes where I dive into a lot of these strategies deeper. Um, you can pick up my brand new 30 day mindful eating challenge, which, uh, is less than a dollar a day. So, it's designed to be literally like five to 10 minutes a day just to kind of get you into that mindful awareness and that prompting. Um, so you can get your hands on that there. And if you want to get social, I'm hanging out on Instagram a lot lately and really liking it over there. Awesome. And then, so what is your Instagram handle? Is it your name? Um, it's at, yeah, it's at Alicia Carlson underscore. I will be sure to give you the links so that you can link things up too. All right. Well, I will put all that in the show notes for you guys. And I just want to let you know that you guys are strong, you are capable, and you can do the hard stuff. Wishing you joy and abundance, Angel. Hey, Mama, before you go, if you found value in today's podcast or you learned something new, stop over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing what you are thinking of the show and also connecting with you over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at angel.mcelhaney or on Facebook. So check the show notes for that crazy last name. And until next time, I just want to remind you, you are capable, you are strong, and you can do the hard things. Wishing you joy and abundance, Angel.